0: We give so much power, <laughs> so much um, status, authority to certain people in our lives. And it's negatively affecting us. I, uh, I had a conversation with a, uh, a coaching client this week all about this, about the value that this person was assigning to the opinion the perspective of certain people. And I shared a story with him that I haven't shared publicly before, but I want to do it now. Um, This is, (laughs) this experience blew my mind. So let's, uh, let's dig into it. Why are you assigning so much value to the opinion of certain people in your life? And how is it impacting you? That's the topic In this episode, this is the class your business school didn't offer. It's the training your employer still hasn't provided. How do leaders like us get people to do what we need them to do so we can grow our results and live the life we desire? That's the question, right? This podcast contains the answers. I'm Russ Hill, and welcome to Culture Hacks. Hey, by the way, the Decide to Lead book. Is coming out like really soon. Depending on when you're listening to this, I it's it's been so fun to watch it getting reviewed and about to be um made live. Now no, no, don't go buy it. Don't buy it. In the next episodes um of this podcast, I'm gonna tell you about a sale. A way you can get the book for like dirt cheap. This is not a money-making venture selling this book. I am trying to help people become better leaders. So I don't claim to be the expert. I just claim to have made lots of dumb decisions trying to lead people. And, uh, and I've learned a lot from observing train wrecks of leaders and brilliant leaders of companies around the world in my, uh, my awesome opportunity to be in a leadership lab these last several years. So if you and I went to lunch and you said, Russ, Russ, Based on all this experience that you've had, all the dumb decisions you've made, all the all the things you've done wrong as a leader of your family, of groups at church, of groups in corporate America, based on all of those mistakes you've made, and based on all the exposure you've had to all kinds of leaders at various positions of large and small companies of the last several years. What have you learned from that that you could share with me? Let's pretend you were asking me that question at lunch. If you were to ask me that question, I would say, well, I've got four questions for you. And I wrote the book, Decide to Lead, about those four questions. So the title of the book is Decide to Lead, the four questions anyone who wants to lead others must answer. It's like the fastest read ever It's going to be dirt cheap. If you're listening to this podcast within a few days of when I'm putting it out, then you'll be right on schedule to to take advantage of this um, super uh, offer, this great offer the week that the book comes out, which is next week, the week of, let me pull up a calendar, November 15th. So don't buy the book until you see it uh, discounted on Amazon, but it's only going to be discounted the week of November 15th. OK, so come back and listen to the next episode or two. If you're listening to this episode like a year or two or six months from now, um, go buy the book. <laughs> it's not that expensive. You're not getting it on sale, but come on now. I've spent I spent a year and a half of my life sketching that thing out on airplanes, crisscrossing the world um, and uh, and put a lot of blood, sweat and tears into it. So, OK, um, I'm excited about that. Can you tell tell my mind now let's get to the topic of this episode? I want to share an experience that I had Um, that I haven't relayed to all of you before and because the timing wasn't right. And the background on this story is, I'm telling it because I think so often, and I I know this isn't rocket science, and yet I think we need to constantly be reminded about it, that we, we so often assign value, way too much value to the opinions of people who, Who shouldn't have that much sway on our individual worth. So one of the leaders that I coach is a senior executive. um, All I'm going to say is they've been having some challenges based off of the value that some other people assign to them. They, th- this leader prides themselves, like all of us do, on doing a great job and being competent and being very successful and making, making, trying to make good decisions and collaborating and having a healthy culture and all those things, right? And this is a, this is a really talented and successful leader, really awesome background and a person I enjoy coaching and consulting. And yet it's just been a really big challenge because, um, they're sitting here going, how could, how could, how could that belief be held about me? Like it, it, it drives them crazy. And they have all the logic right in their head of, yeah, I know that they, they shouldn't think that. And I know that the beliefs they hold about me aren't accurate. They, they don't represent who I really am. And so they're trying to compartmentalize that, but it's, we're human, right? So that that's a challenge. And so I, um, I decided on this call to share with this person, um, an experience that I had. And, um, and he, I don't know any other way to tell the story than this way. So I worked for a leader who, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to not be too specific in this so that I, um, I, I, I protect the people involved because I respect everybody involved in this story. Okay. This experience of mine but I worked for a leader who seemed to, um, they seemed to, they they thought I was a good person, but I drove them insane. <laughs> so I, my biggest challenge and strength is I live in the future. I know that sounds cheesy, but I I really don't think a lot about the present, this moment today. My mind is constantly thinking about three months from now, next week, six months from now, it's a blessing. It's a strength and it's a curse. And so some people I've done episodes on this in the past, right? Where do you live the past, the present or the future? And, and I can't get on that tangent because there's a, I I could talk for an hour and a half about that. Um, And I have a strong opinion about where I think successful people, where their minds spend the most time and, um, and so anyway, I, 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 lean, I lean really far uh, toward the future and, and it drove this lead. So what, what does that do? So when I, because I'm that kind of person, I'm constantly thinking about, well, can we, in, in the business world, can, can we scale this? Is this a long-term um, viable option? Um, is this a good idea? Are we innovating enough? I, I pride myself on being a, 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 a voice of disruption, a source of ideas, a a generator of innovation. I I pride myself on that. I I know not all my ideas are great. I know they can't all be implemented. I know I'm not the decision maker because I don't own the company that I work for. I've never owned the company that I work for. Um, And so I I, I do get to make some decisions, but I don't get to make all decisions. And so I, I, I generally think I know my place, but I've always been, well, for the last decade or decade and a half, I've been this kind of employee. Well, so I worked with this leader that this drove them nuts. So they knew on paper that a lot of my ideas were worth considering, but they faced pressure because other people in the organization were uncomfortable with me putting pressure on innovation. They were defenders. This, this is where I learned that defenders of the status quo have sharp claws. I've said that and written written that often. Defenders of the status quo have sharp claws. If you've ever pushed for innovation, you know that's true. If you've ever offered new ideas, you know that's true. They are going to defend those who are comfortable and those who pride themselves and, uh, on get, getting where they're at in an organization or in their career and aren't really interested in, a lot of change they kind of want to just kind of, they just want to float and keep doing what we've always done. They will very often, most of the time, those people will, they will seek to silence those who are offering ideas that, that require change. Why that's a whole, that's a whole book. That's a whole episode. Um, The short version on that is because it threatens their position of authority that's my belief and uh it it it, it threatens them and so a lot of what they do a lot of the pain that they inflict on others a lot of the 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 turmoil that they they cause in organizations i believe is subconscious or they aren't they aren't intentionally doing it sometimes they are they're just rotten people (laughs) i hate to say that but sometimes they they aren't rotten people they just choose rotten behavior in, in in that way And, um, and so some, some people are like that, but I think most people are, if they're doing that, it's subconscious. They don't, they don't even really kind of recognize that they're doing it. They think they have the best interest of the company or the whatever in mind. So anyway, I, so here I am innovating, offering all kinds of ideas, putting pressure on, on changes that I feel like our company needs to make. And, and, and it's making other people, including some senior executives in the company, um, uncomfortable. And so the leader I worked for um, got so frustrated by it that um, they wanted me gone. I was on the phone once and we were having an uh, a t- intense conversation, me and this leader. And I finally said to the leader, look, what do you want me to do? What um, what, what would be your preferred path for me. What what I you know I'm I'm aware of the frustration I sense how much I'm driving you insane. What would you prefer I do? And this leader said, I would prefer that you leave. And that was devastating to hear. I've never worked for a leader that wanted me gone. I've never worked for an organization that preferred I not be here. And so when I heard those words, it was like an earthquake, like a 9.5 on the Richter scale, like it shook my world. And I had lost a tremendous amount of respect for this leader in the position they were in. I respected them as an individual, as a human being, a good person, but they were in the wrong seat. I knew it others knew it and I could do nothing about it and they were the decision maker and so I I I heard that and I you know it took everything I had to not say all right well I'm gone um but I and I I knew that wasn't the right thing to say because I knew that individual was in the wrong seat and and that um and, and that if I were to say the words, okay, well, then I quit or I leave or, okay, well, let's have it your way. I knew that what would be speaking was ego, my ego. And that it wasn't, that wouldn't be the right thing for me to say for my career at that moment, for my family. And honestly, and I, and I, those of you who know me know, I, I don't mean this with vanity. So, so please interpret this or take it the way I mean it. I knew that if I left at that moment, it would actually not be good for the organization either. Every company is bigger than one person. So the company would have done just fine without me or anyone else. Right. But I knew that it would be better for the company if I stayed in my role and kept helping. Um, And, and, and so I just listened to that comment and said, Okay. Thank you for letting me know that. And the conversation ended. And then for months I I had um I how do I say this? I would not have been shocked if I received a phone call from that leader telling me that they had made a decision that I needed to go. I knew there were other senior people in the company that were huge fans of mine that were that were that were um, trying to trying to clear the path for me to be able to help the organization move forward and so I I I felt fairly confident that I was okay but I would not have been surprised at any moment if I got the call from that leader saying yeah actually we've now had enough get out of here And and there are more things that I can't share that would make you realize this experience was even worse than I've described it. But having a leader, I don't know how many of you have been through that. I'd never had that happen in my life. A leader who said, yeah, I would prefer that you be gone, that you leave like, wow. Now that leader, um, didn't last in that position a, a whole lot longer. So I put my head down and kept working and try trying to do what's best and kept plugging away and and tried to not interact with that leader too much. And in longer than it should have taken, but not too long, that leader was actually asked to leave. They were asked to leave, not me. And I'll leave it at that to to protect everyone involved in this story. And then a new leader came in and this new leader was new to the organization. And so they started talking to everybody, right? I've advocated this in previous episodes where when you take over a a new team or you lead a new organization, that's what you should spend the first at least month doing is talking to everybody, getting their perspective, asking lots of questions and just listening. I, I call it the see it step, just You're, you're just trying to see it, see reality before you go to solve it. So you're just seeing it. So this leader did that. And then within, within a short period of time, after this leader assumed this new leadership role, um, they called me after they had talked to everybody in the company, they called me and they said, Russ, um, I want to, I want to tell you about where I, where I think you should be in the organization. I would like you, and I'm going to be very vague here again to, to, to keep the story somewhat vague to protect those involved, but they offered me a massive promotion and a title basically where I would be elevated and work extremely closely with that leader driving the, the vision and the path that, uh, that, that would be pursued in the future. So let's step back here and let me kind of give you the view. So here's one leader who's saying to me, hey, Russ, you're asking, what do I prefer for you to leave you? I want you out of the organization. That's what that's my personal preference. They devalued me that much. And then their immediate replacement is on the phone asking me to be their right-hand person leading this organization in an incredibly prominent position. And when I was on the phone with that newer leader and they were offering me this elevated role is all I'll say, I sat there listening to them thinking, wow, the whole the irony of this moment your predecessor their desire was it took everything that they had not to fire me and you come into the organization and based off of all your conversations with everybody in the company and looking at what what path needs to happen um you want to elevate me to polar opposite views on my value and so what that taught me was don't put too much stock in the view of anyone <laughs> um i have seen so often in fact i i was writing an email to my son um who's serving a mission for our church i was writing my 19 my year old son i was writing an email to him earlier today. And I said to, um, um, you know, I've, I've lived long enough and experienced enough to know in one moment, you're, you're the, uh, the hero. And in the next moment, you're the goat. I totally believe that. And so you, you've heard people say, don't, you know, don't read your own press. Don't uh, buy into your own praise because People might be celebrating. So this newer leader rush, you know, and all these accolades and nice things and an offer of, by the way, I ended up not taking that offer. I I ended up not per, pursuing that position that they called me about because it the timing wasn't right for me. And it I just didn't you you don't care. Anyway, I didn't pursue it. But um, but here this person was on the phone with me and they held these very nice and p- positive and pleasant, um, views of me. And I, I can't put too much stock in that because to them, I, I, they wouldn't call me the hero, but you get my point, right? They've got this very a five-star review, if you will, of me. And I, I can't put too much stock in that. I can't, I can't allow that to go to my head too much. I, I can feel, the, the, um, you know, that felt really good to hear. I'm not going to lie. I'm human. Right. And so that, that was validating. And then I move on. Right. Cause I, I can't, I can't be thinking about that praise for too long. I can't allow it to make me too arrogant or, or uh, increase my ego too much. It's already big enough. And, uh, and then I can't put too much stock in the person who thinks I'm the goat either. The answer, it's like my colleague, Tanner Corbridge, says all the time. He constantly says the answer's in the middle. And it's true here, too. It's such a great line. I love that. we got to write a book about that. Now, I'm going to go out and buy that because I don't want any of you (laughs) you writing that book. The answer's in the middle. It's too long of a title anyway. But um, he's so right in that. And it's true here, too. So my point in this is whoever your critics are, Whoever is focusing too much on your mistakes, on the times when you've been weak, the times when you have, um, whatever it might be, you can't put too much stock into their opinions. And those who think you're the greatest thing ever, and you might be thinking, man, I would love to have some of them in my life for us. I don't have them or I don't know who they are. You do. There are people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, who view you that way. Every single one of us. Has people like that. And um, and, and yet we can't put too much stock. In their praise. Because they hold. Perspectives of us. That are based on. An incomplete picture. It's true isn't it. The people who think the highest of us. There are things they don't know. There are. Aspects of our personality weaknesses we have flaws in how we think and act or mistakes we've made or things we have done or or are doing or they they just don't they haven't seen that part of us and then the people who think so the people who think incredibly highly of us they they don't have a complete picture they haven't seen enough of our flaws and the people who have these very negative views of us all they're seeing are our flaws they aren't focusing enough or haven't seen enough or are ignoring our strengths the great aspects of our decisions and our contributions and our efforts and our intentions and who we're trying to become right and so the answer is in the middle We know we're not as good as our greatest fans or biggest fans think we are. And we know we're not as bad as our greatest or biggest critics think we are. So the reason I wanted to record an episode about this is I wanted you to think about that. And I wanted to remind myself of this um, after this conversation with this client this week, who's had some people in his ear who think he's a goat and he's not a goat. And at the end of the call, Um, This actually makes me a little emotional. Um, At the end of the call, I was talking to this coaching client who's a, this is a senior executive. And I said to this person, look, the individuals that we were talking about who think you're a goat, they, they aren't seeing the complete picture. I work with enough leaders to know, and I've worked with you long enough to know you're not that the individual they think you are. You are. And I started building this person up and saying, this is more of who you are. And after I finished speaking, this strong, competent, seasoned executive said to me, do you think so, Russ? And it kind of blew me away. And I, because I thought, of course I think that. You've got to stop listening to the goat farmers or whatever the crap you want to call them, right? Man, they're in your head. And it's, I I get it. I totally get it. That, that I will never forget that conversation on the phone with the leader who said, Russ, we would prefer you leave. And so, you you we can't put too much stock in that. Sometimes those statements are emotional. Sometimes they're not rational. Or 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 they are based on somebody focusing on on ignoring our strengths and all of that. Anyway, I don't want to I don't want to ramble or repeat what I've said. So you get the point. And um, so the the the, the takeaway the, the what I hope you'll do coming out of this episode is compartmentalize the ones who are who are your critics. Stop putting so much stock into what they're saying. They aren't seeing the complete, authentic, real you. They aren't seeing it. In so many cases, they don't want to see it. They're only listening to your critics. They're only focusing on your flaws. They're only paying attention to the the, 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 the challenges um, that you have presented or the mistakes that you've made or what, whatever that is. And don't put too much stock into the people who would give you a trophy every day, although pay a little bit more attention <laughs> to them than you do the critics. Got it? Okay, Um, that's super, super important. So I learned a ton from this experience of having those two phone calls, not not a ton of time apart with people in the same position and how they viewed me. Learned a ton from that. I am sure that will be a story in one of the books I write someday. Okay. If you have not left a review for this podcast, will you do that? Please leave a review for it, a rating on whatever podcast app you're listening to. It will take you seriously four seconds, maybe seven, you just scroll up or swipe up or whatever and leave the review five stars, four stars. If you're, if you, uh, if you want to leave it one, then I hope your Wi-Fi goes out and you, you don't give the chance to do that. But no, I'd love it if you leave a review and then I've got, I've got exciting news on how you can get my new book, decide to lead, um, at a real inexpensive rate coming up in the next few days. So make sure you're listening, uh, soon. Um, to the next episodes um, because it's a timely offer. Okay. I uh, hope you're all healthy. Hope you're doing well. We'll talk to you soon.